welcome to episode 123 of Kapow Cast. One, two, three. Wow. I can count. <laughs> Make a wish. <laughs> I am Mike, and joining me today is Tony Vance. Hi. <laughs> We're already off to an amazing start. <laughs> and Jeff Jefferson. Hey. <laughs> I didn't know we were all using our sultry voices today. <laughs> I have no other voice. I was about to say, he, this is pretty sultry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why everybody's is really sultry, though. It's kind of weird to me. And it's all, we're going all pillow talk. Well, I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that we always do this at like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I didn't wake up. Like, I've been awake. <laughs> I still going to sound tired. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I do sound pretty exhausted. I actually broke it to somebody at my work uh, that was asking about the show. I was like, funny story. Uh, you'll enjoy this, Tony, because one day he asked me, he was like, hey, he's like, so your podcast, you guys just sit around and get high and talk like Joe Rogan? I was like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's like, that's the benchmark of podcasting. God, I wish, <laughs> I wish that was a factor. And I was like, nope. I was like, normally we uh, meet at like 10 in the morning. <laughs> we're all grumpy and tired. We're all over brunch. Yep. We're all really just not with it. And as the show progresses, we kind of start to lose our mind, <laughs> lose our Faculties. We use. <laughs> <laughs> we just start defecating on ourselves. <laughs> no, not fecal matter. <laughs> Our faculties. Oh. We use sleep deprivation as a substitute for any kind of substance abuse. True. Except for caffeine. We abuse the fuck out oh, of that. So much. Um, <laughs> today, I'm very excited because we are celebrating. <laughs> Get the confetti cannon. <laughs> Ten years since The Dark Knight was released in, in cinemas. That's insane. It is insane. To think where you were ten years ago in life. I was in a theater watching uh, The Dark Knight, I think. I had more hair. I had a lot more hair. <laughs> you did. You were like a lion's <laughs> mane. Yeah. <laughs> My hair's the same. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Tony's in a time portal. He just has more tattoos. I'm part time lord. <laughs> but do we have any news to talk about? <laughs> Jason Muma and the director of the reboot of The Crow have uh, ditched it. Oh, I know. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. I figured that's, that's a safe uh, spot. You know, I don't even have a problem with that. I don't think they should have remade The Crow anyway. They've been trying to... I want to say they've been trying to remake this movie for about 10 years. I mean, even making it a remake is stupid because it was kind of an... Anth- all the sequels were like an, an anthology because all the sequels are basically a remake too. Because yeah. Totally different people that didn't relate to the first one. And not to mention like with The Crow, that movie is such a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Like even like the comic book itself too is like, it's just the period that it's set in is what makes it great. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like the movie of like that early nineties grunge. Yes. Goth. Era thing like standing on top of a roof. loft and playing a, a like guitar. guitar into the night. That's like turn that shit off. <laughs> People are trying to sleep. It's it's so like inherently nineties and it's so embedded in there that like to take it out of that I feel is just like gonna do it a huge disservice. I agree. I don't like when they uh, use former media and put it in contemporary times. I think it loses something like the War of the Worlds remake that Steven Spielberg did. I. It just doesn't have the same impact having it take place now than it would have like having it take place in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. which is what was really cool. One of the first ever fictions about an alien invasion. And like also the Watchmen series, it's supposed to take place in modern times too. Oh, really? Yes, which I really... So basically it's only going to be Watchmen by name. 
Yeah, it's basically going to be, you know, Watchmen and then they, you know, attack Donald Trump for an hour, I'm assuming. They're only talking about how they're going to feature Donald Trump and I'm like, oh God. I mean, I get it. Like, Watchmen itself was very thick with political commentary and social commentary, which I understand. But uh, I think any attempt to, like, modernize it is going to fall flat on its face. I agree. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, not to mention, when you look at The Crow, there has never been... Another successful iteration. No, there's of that story and that character. <laughs> I watched the second one and it was it was dog dirt. There was like three other movies I want to say and a TV series and a really bad TV series. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the TV series? No, I vaguely remember it from my childhood. Um, it was weird because like, <laughs> was it an anthology series too? No, it still followed Eric Draven. Okay, and he ended up not being able to die and go back. Because he killed people. All right. He killed a fuckload of people. He sure did. (laughs) And so he had to balance things and make things right. So he had to like. What, like resuscitate? So he had to like go and like stop like random like petty crimes and stuff like this. So he basically became like a vigilante. Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. And like, so the makeup normally wasn't on him, but then like, you know, he'd get punched in the face and then he'd turn. And then all the makeup would be on him. <laughs> it was really stupid. It was really goofy. You know, it never really works well when you take, well, for the most part, you take a movie and make it into a series. Like the Swamp Thing series was horrible. And I guess the Stargate series would be an exception because it did really well and it had like two spinoffs. Was there a RoboCop series? Yeah. yeah. And it was terrible. He never shot anyone. <laughs> in the dick. Yeah. He never shot anyone in the dick. He never fucking punched someone through a window and just killed them. Or I didn't know if that was like, if I was imagining that there was a RoboCop series. Yeah, it was bad. Like, and then there was like a bunch of... It could not have been on long. Um, no, it was, I think it lasted a season or two. And then there was some Canadian made-for-TV movies, including one where there was a black RoboCop called RoboCop Dark Justice. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then the white RoboCop fought the black RoboCop and... uh I was just watching. I was like, this just seems really problematic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked that you said it lasted at least two seasons. I think. I don't know. Did Peter Peter Weller reprise the role in the series? (laughs) No. That's a hard no. Yes. Peter Weller wasn't even in the third movie, was he? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. At that point, they could just, yeah, we just throw a helmet on somebody. Yeah. But it it didn't work. It did not. It was not a very good movie. You should he even had a jetpack and a, and a shotgun arm. Yeah, and there it was still like, wasn't good. And there were cyber ninjas in it. Okay, everything you guys are describing to me <laughs> makes it sound like it's awesome. Yeah, I know. It would, still failed. Still fell flat. You would think it would be awesome, but I don't know. It something changed. I don't know if it was directors or if it was just Peter Weller leaving the scene. But like, it was just. It didn't feel like a continuation. It just felt like a totally different direction. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't have the same amount of seriousness mixed with silliness that made RoboCop 1 and to an extent 2 mm-hmm. the movies that they were. Where is Kane? <laughs> Where? Like Kane the wrestler? Yep. He fought Kane <laughs> in his uh, see no evil uh, You're a outfit. bad cop, Officer Duffy. <laughs> Have you ever seen the RoboCops, Mike? Uh, I've seen the first and second one. I don't think I've ever seen the third one. It's Actually, fine. I want to say that someone's house we sat down and we were going to try to watch the third one and i think we ended up turning it off <laughs> because it was really really boring it it is it drags really hard if there was maybe a couple more ed209s in it it'd probably oh, yeah. be better maybe a third cyborg ninja uh-huh 
I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that big of a fan of the cyborg ninjas though. No, I mean, uh, they just looked like well-dressed Japanese men wearing with katanas. Right. And it was just kind of lame. Like it didn't, that doesn't even make any sense with the mythos of a RoboCop. Like, yeah. Well, like they were just, it was supposed to have like a, there's supposed to be a hostile Japanese takeover of OCP. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, we'll put in some cyber ninjas and turn this into fucking Johnny Mnemonic or something. <laughs> was this one PG-13? Yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, that was another yeah, problem. That was it was PG-13. He I, couldn't shoot anyone in the day. Well, because and <laughs> there was a there was a there there was a RoboCop cartoon as well. Yeah, it was it was good actually. It was fun. I enjoyed it. There was a long line of RoboCop comics too. Mm-hmm. Those were really well. Most of them were really good. The RoboCop versus Terminator comic I thoroughly enjoyed. Because I remember when I was a kid, I had a couple RoboCop toys from the first movie, mm-hmm. which was I had RoboCop and I had uh, one of the punks with the like. Blonde, blonde flat top. <laughs> oh, I was about to say with the long blonde hair that gets his dick shot off. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it was just a uh, random thug number. Random 17. thug they kind of created. Hey, we got this mold for a street punk. We'll, yeah, we'll just throw it in the RoboCop line. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Give it a give it a cap shooter and excellent flow of conversation on our part. From going from <laughs> the, the Crow, Crow reboot. To, uh, RoboCop. I'm sitting over here trying to figure out when it happened, but I'm not going to fight it because we're talking about RoboCop and I love RoboCops. Hell yeah. You still haven't played your RoboCop NES. I got to get a, I got to get a system. You can get, figure out something. You can get one for like 30 bucks on like Amazon. But, uh, if you want one with HDMI, <laughs> if you want one with HDMI out, you'll have to spend more money. That's that's you act the, like that's a problem for me. <laughs> I don't have a savings account cause I splurge too much. <laughs> Um, Batman. Batman. <laughs> the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. So, a little bit of info. Way back when we first started doing the show, and we had done like, I'm sure we did like a couple other anniversary episodes of things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh crap. I was like, Dark Knight, it's going to be like 10 years in a year or two. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, what do we do? Got a plan. I was like, oh, I can't wait. Like, I purposely was like, okay, we can't. We can't do anything because we used we would do a lot of older movie reviews. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, we can't do Dark Knight because when the Dark Knight 10th anniversary comes up, like that would be the perfect time. I've held out the entire time doing it. And I'm so glad we're doing it now. I'm just going to leave after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm done. Walk into the sunset. This film and release was... Monumental. A, a different breed. Yes. It very, was... It was. It was a different time. It was like... So it was coming out of uh, Batman Begins, mm-hmm. which totally revitalized uh, Batman and DC superhero movies. I mean, this was the first Batman movie since Batman and Robin, which is the most universally panned Batman movie of all time. Yes. One so, of the most universally panned superhero movies of all time. And Batman Begins, it didn't do like, you know, I didn't do like Avengers type money. No. But it did really well. It yeah. did decent for itself. So people were like, okay, we can we can do a sequel. And so the obvious choice was to do the sequel and get the Joker as the villain. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know they cast Heath Ledger to the dismay of many of people. Yes, everyone thought it was going to be terrible. I remember when they finally leaked the image of the Joker's face and they had that big like uh, gorilla marketing campaign where they released different pieces of what his face would look like. And someone cobbled them all together. Like, Oh, he looks fucking emo. It's stupid. This is going to be the worst fucking movie ever. This is, 
the guy from A Knight's Tale, you know, like Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, Brokeback Mountain, gay Joker, you know. And it, it was true though. Like the first image they released of the Joker was like this weird, like up shot of him. Yeah, well, it was like super high contrast, like he was high, a cam whore or something. Yeah, and I remember when they released it. I think Tony. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they released that image. When we got home from a uh, concert, I think we got home from Warp Tour. Wait, no, that wouldn't make sense because Warp Tour is usually in July. We Warp- got back from something. Warp Tour back then was in August. Yeah. We got back. Maybe it was the year before leading up to it. We got back and they released the first image. That would make more sense. That would like make, yeah. 2007. We actually took part in a lot of that guerrilla marketing. It, it was the first movie to really push that yes. type of... Uh, marketing and it was really fun and, and you know mm-hmm. to my knowledge nothing to this day has done it as well as they did it i agree unless those clown sightings were for uh it, it. <laughs> <laughs> then it worked entirely too fucking well they had to backpedal on that one um i've been trying to find since we decided to do this episode i've been trying to find the picture i think it's on my myspace but i have to find my myspace and I'm going to post it on our Facebook. Do you have the same email address that you did that was linked to that MySpace? No, because I think I actually <laughs> I think I think actually used a fake email address. Oh, you <laughs> sneaky. You hacker. <laughs> All right, I'm in. What was cool is uh, <laughs> once we did the first round of the marketing, they started sending us things. Yeah. And they sent us, like, uh, newspapers, all kinds of stuff. And there was so much cool, like, it just added yeah, it really, to the excitement of it. it you still really, got that stuff? I definitely still have the newspapers, yes. Yeah. It's very immersive, and it really gives the fans something that will really get them engrossed in the uh, idea, which is really smart. Yes. Because the whole idea was that this whole marketing thing was done by the Joker. Yeah. And then I remember there was one where like you had to do something, and then it opened up a safe. <laughs> and then there was something in there. But it was just, it was geniusly done. I think mm-hmm. it was done by the same people that did the guerrilla marketing for, I think, Halo. Oh, really? Uh, That's cool. Something like that, I feel, wouldn't work these days for a comic movie because comics are so... It, uh, it doesn't need it as much. Yeah, exactly. If it was for like a lesser comic, like, uh, I mean, hell. I mean, what, I guess it would have to be something that wasn't Marvel or DC, like some image thing. Yeah. Maybe Spawn, who knows? It's weird to say because we are such a digital age and social mm-hmm. media and all that. It almost seems like now it's in a better time to do it. If anything, it might even be, that might make it like too like immersive. Too, yeah. I mean, like campaigns where like they show images, someone could probably like instantly, you know, cobble them together with like the, you know, some app. People, yeah. Like, or like a bunch of people on Reddit could just instantly do it. And like, oh, I got it, you know. Mm. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't know. No one's ever really tried anything like that since for a major comic book motion picture. I think more marketing needs to be done for things like that. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Because like you said, it's very immersive, very interactive. Because it gets you hyped without them having to do nothing. Yeah, you don't even have to know what the movie... Like, they don't even reveal anything about the film and you're getting super excited about it. Yeah. You had mentioned the picture because there was a thing we did where we went... Where people had to go and go to like major city landmarks. Yep. Painted like the Joker. (laughs) <laughs> and we're like, we all did that. And it was like just super fun because it was like something crazy and weird to do. And it got you, like we said, immersed in the film and like more excited. Mm-hmm. And the excitement for this movie was pretty solid. And, and some of that might have had to do with the passing of Heath Ledger. Oh, for, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, 
the fact that they had the Joker in the first place, everyone was going to, everyone had to see, you know, will this hold a candle to Jack Nicholson's Joker? And people are still arguing about it to this day, like whether or not Jack who's Nicholson, better. Yeah, who's the better Joker? When everyone should know, it's Cesar Romero. <laughs> I was going to say, Jared Leto, not even in the conversation. <laughs> not even in the conversation. There was, and there was a lot of, even when they finally did start to release images of Ledger's Joker, there was still some pushback because he was not your traditional looking Joker. No, he looked fucking gross. He didn't have like the perma white skin. Yeah. He, you know, was kind of disheveled. He had those weird scars. Yeah. And, and horribly uh, uncleaned teeth. Yes. <laughs> Very disgusting yellow teeth. You can almost imagine what he smelt like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> smelt like a dumpster fire. <laughs> I always imagine it being like that kind of like, you know, that smell you get from people like that. They don't dry their clothes. They just let them sit in the water. Oh, like yeah. That, that, yeah, that sour smell. Oh, that, like, uh, I, oh, wet, mildewy oh, kind of smell. Oh. Yeah. That's what I always kind of envisioned. Three out of laundry detergent. There's, there's, if there's one thing that like triggers me harder, it's when the wash doesn't get emptied and I walk into the house and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> those better not be my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wash them like twice to get them that. I know. Like that. You throw in a cap of laundry detergent and a little fresh beads. You throw in a cap like that. You spit on it and <laughs> you're just like, come on. Throw in a cross picture of Jesus. <laughs> Douse it with holy water. <laughs> throw some gasoline in there. <laughs> throw a Jamocha shake in there. Man, $20 like, Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Monster energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> and voila, you have clean clothes. Man. Yep. That's all it takes. It's that simple, folks. Well, we derailed that one pretty yep. hard. <laughs> Never fails. Opening night for The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. To this day, probably only compared comparable to maybe the first Avengers movie. Because oh, yeah. let's be honest, midnight shows are not what they used to be. That no. makes me so sad. Um, but I mean, the, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Yeah. But, like, how how cool was it that you could go on a Thursday night and go to this, like, epic movement that, like... Oh, yeah, where everyone's all happy and throwing beach balls. And here's the thing, too, like, like I know the theater that I go to over here, like, they don't even do actual midnight shows anymore because they do, like, the pre-screenings, like, the 7 o'clock, the 7.30, Mm -hmm. 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30. So they don't even do the midnight shows anymore. And there was something so special about midnight shows at that point. Yeah. Because they didn't do them for everything. No. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing. It was only certain... Like as it went on, like it became more and more common, but at that point still, it was still like, it had to be something really kind of special to actually have them do the midnight show. And, um, when we, we worked, we all worked at the theater at the time and somehow, I don't know how we all managed to be off. Yeah. Which was by the grace of God. Yeah. I I don't even know how we pulled that one off. I remember, uh, waiting in line with Mikey, uh, and I had my, my Joker mask. The, the robbery which, which you mask. can't wear in the theater anymore. Yeah, Tony, you had your guys's mask on. You came uh-huh. in it's full blown suits. And yeah, that was super cool. Had guns and stuff, <laughs> real guns. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I remember that line for theater one, just like wrapping around. Yeah, and just like people just being so excited, just hanging out with like laptops, watching Batman movies and stuff. Yeah, and it was oh, it was so di- good. It was a different time. Was very, um, the vibe was very different. 
I remember before I went, we actually had went and purchased beach balls ourselves because I was like, I'm getting some fucking beach balls too. <laughs> but but unfortunately, the beach balls were not the star of that time frame of waiting yeah. for the theater because <laughs> we all sat and like there were beach balls being thrown around. There was somebody that started throwing around a fucking banana. Yeah, like I remember inflatable that. inflatable banana. <laughs> and they were throwing it around and the ushers, to the dismay of everyone, like grabbed it and we worked there and we still fucking boot them. We're like, yeah. you suck. <laughs> so they, they grabbed the banana and they go to like take it away. And then we just hear somebody yell decoy banana. Yeah. <laughs> and another banana comes I remember seeing the decoy banana. It had a mustache on it. <laughs> <laughs> they got him, got him good. And that doesn't happen anymore. No. And uh, the other thing that happened before that was, the uh, random USA chant. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the entire audience just started, for no apparent reason, oh, just started chanting, man. USA, USA. That was so great. I was so happy. I just remember a single tear rolling down my cheek, hearing an eagle screeching in the distance. Because, yeah, it was unprovoked. (laughs) There was nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. Nope. (laughs) Just everyone instantly filled with patriotic zeal. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, gosh. So funny. The only other midnight show like that since, I think, was The Avengers. Did The Avengers come... Before that no, was wait. after that was way after we had Dark Knight Rises too. Yeah, Dark Knight you Rises. came dressed up as Bane. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises came after the Avengers, and well, Dark Knight a certain theater seen the audience reaction to a certain suit that a certain person at this table built, and hired a fucking Batman cosplayer to come in. <laughs> yeah, they did. I had I had a couple words after that one. That was, well, and Dark Knight Rises was the last time yeah. that any of that stuff would ever happen. Yeah. Right. I remember, I remember walking up to that cosplayer Batman whose suit could not fit. Yeah, because I remember it was really kind of <laughs> was, frumpy looking. Yeah, and I just walked up to him and uh, went straight into character. I think he was actually kind of scared. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't think this guy's playing. <laughs> he's going to break my back. <laughs> <laughs> but back, you know... Uh, I remember my initial first reactions of the whole Dark Knight movie, like lights went down, just being blown away. You know, every time Ledger's Joker was on screen, to say it was a scene stealer was just oh yeah, an understatement. Like he was that movie, mm-hmm. not only because of his unfortunate death, but uh, I mean the mystery surrounding it. N- no one celebrates Christian Bale's acting. If anything, it's like a joke because his <laughs> Batman voice was so fucking you know what's ridiculous. Funny? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Is I actually watched The Dark Knight yesterday, and the the voice wasn't bothering me as much as it used to. I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to it or what, but just kind of like, eh. yeah, I don't know. That always it always threw me off. But like, it was always it was always a very divisive thing. Yeah, for I, a lot I think of people, his portrayal as Batman should really be examined more. As a, I mean, people were always, oh, is Heath Ledger going to be a good Joker? I mean. I think Christian Bale was the more questionable role to pick. I mean, he played a good Bruce Wayne, but his Batman, I don't know. It was just the voice. It always threw me off. The rest of the casting, though, was amazing. I mean, just like even with the opening scene from The Dark Knight mm-hmm. with the bank robbery and all that stuff. Hell yeah, so cool. So, like, awesomely played out. And because we had seen it when uh, they showed it in front of I, I am Legend. Watching. I am I Legend. Am 
We drove um, out to Ann Arbor. Yeah. To see it. Because it, it was only showing at IMAXs because it was in that Dark Knight, another revolutionary mm-hmm. thing. It was the first movie to use that IMAX yeah. scope yep. and yeah. IMAX cameras. Cause, um, that was cool to watch. Yeah. Those shots are still cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it really kind of utilizes like the new technology of the TVs and the, the measured angle instead of the box uh, measurements of the old TVs. Uh, when those shots come up on the TV, I don't know if you've noticed it, but it fills the screen. Oh, yeah. There's no black bars or anything that fills the whole screen. So if you watch on a TV that's like above like 42 or 48 inches, it's just mind boggling. You're just like the color, <laughs> the colors do the immersive of the shot is just like maddening. The blues in that mm-hmm. movie are just like. Like they just they just catch the eye and they're mesmerizing. Hell yeah, yeah. That was one of the first things I noticed because um, I don't think I've watched it a lot since I've moved into this house. So since I've gotten that TV, mm-hmm. I don't think I've watched that movie a lot. I tried to space out how much I watched it because I like it so much. I you don't want to burn out on it. Exactly. It was almost like I was watching it like for the first time again. I was just like, oh my gosh, I forgot how awesome this is. Like mm-hmm. just everything like planned out and like I mean I know people can poke a lot of holes and some of the plot points and all that but well i mean you can do that with just about any movie let's be especially a superhero movie i mean you have so many constraints when you're working with a mythos especially one as rigid as a batman's like no 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 we can't have the joker acting like this he would that wouldn't be how the joker you know we can't have batman doing this we we can't have batman hurricane running a dude down a (laughs) clock tower and killing him (laughs) (laughs) why not (laughs) just do it anyway he kills people all the time for me personally, though, uh, favorite scene in that entire movie, obviously, the interrogation scene. Oh, yeah. Obviously, like, hands down, one of the best scenes, I think, in any superhero movie. And there's not really a whole lot of action. It's just two people talking, but... Mm-hmm. Occasionally uh, punching a hand or... Yeah. <laughs> smashing a head into a table. <laughs> nothing nothing major, though. <laughs> I think that was actually, too, the, the first scene that they shot together was that actual scene. Yeah. And... Uh, I know Bale said like he was just blown away. Uh, Michael Caine said like the scene they shot where Joker crashes the party. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine said he was like, oh my gosh, he was like, it was terrifying. <laughs> like he was legitimately frightening. <laughs> Even that like the party crash scene, there's little little things he does that I know was like uh, improvised, like where he grabs the champagne mm-hmm. and the, the whole everything in the glass just flies out of it. But he acts like, he, <laughs> but he drinks it anyways and puts it back and like. It's just little nuances like that that really just set that movie apart from the pack. Mm-hmm. You could tell they put a lot of uh, passion into it. Everyone involved. I mean, from the director to the actors. Because no one's no slouch. I mean... No, he's done uh, amazing work. I love most of his movies. The only movie of his I've seen that I did not like was Dunkirk. I didn't see that. I heard it was uh, boring. It was very boring. All the actors in it, to me at least, looked the same. <laughs> like I couldn't tell anybody all British. I just remember Tom Hardy being in it. I can't remember who else is in it. Tom Hardy is for most of the movie is flying a plane. Yeah, so he has the so he has the mask on. on. So you don't <laughs> even he know. talk like Bane. He does. He's like, got the mask on the entire time. <laughs> uh, Aaron cool. Eckhart is also in the Dark Knight. I feel his performance oh. was uh underrated. Well, not under um Overshadowed. Overshadowed, but it was not a bad performance. No, it was an amazing performance. It was a fantastic. He, it's probably his, well, it's definitely his most memorable work, except for maybe Thank You for Smoking. Um, I thought you were going to say I, Frankenstein. I except for I, Frankenstein. <laughs> 
thought you were going to say Battle for L.A. <laughs> so mm. many. He's picked so many poor choices for roles since then. He needs a new agent. He does need a new agent for, very badly. He's a hell of an actor. He was great. I loved him as Two-Face. Yeah, like, and just the way they uh, they did the face yeah. for him, like, was, yeah. oh, it was so Gross. good. I felt like I could smell it. <laughs> it smells like bacon. <laughs> But yeah, they, it was a really cool character design. They made they had the suit half burned as well. Like, not sure how that works. I guess it was like a pleather suit or something. It was but. like a half. Like it wasn't even the whole suit. It was just like the upper like corner of it mm-hmm. because Batman like you know went to the wrong person. No, no. Every time I see that scene where like two faces like ah, his face is on fire, <laughs> I imagine Batman going, "Oh, put it up, man, that burned, that burned quick." <laughs> Too much hairspray for you. <laughs> <laughs> or there was another part in the movie that, uh, for some reason, like just always like cracks me up, and it shouldn't. <laughs> uh, it's the part where uh, they just realized like the mob knew about the that they were going to hit all the banks, mm-hmm. so they pulled all their money out, and they meet on the rooftop. Gordon, Dent, Batman. And the entire time, like, Gordon and Dent are arguing, and Batman just awkwardly standing in the middle <laughs> in his bat suit, like, not even, like, not turning his head or doing, because well, he couldn't at that point, but not doing anything, just standing there. And they're just, I'm like, man, that's, I imagine he feels like how you feel, like, when you're with, like, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> and they start arguing, and you're like, oh, jeez. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> Very bad awkward right now. Are you guys finished? <laughs> Come on, guys. I mean, you don't need to air your dirty laundry like that. <laughs> Gotta kiss and make up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna do a bad vanish, and I'll come right back <laughs> when you're done. I like the pause for breath. You did. <laughs> it's key. It really is. I mean, oh man. When you have to pause for breath, maybe you're just putting a little too much oomph into the bad voice. I I just wonder like how he felt at the end of the day. Oh God! I probably felt like uh, you have some cough drops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck! You're stuck in basically a gimp suit for hours on end. You're talking <laughs> in a super rough voice for hours on end. The new suit didn't quite look like a gimp suit. It looked more like a motocross suit. It did look. It looked like a ve- yeah, a very fetishy motocross suit. When I, when they first showed pictures of the new suit, I was very apprehensive about it. I was like, I there's a lot going on on this yeah. suit. I mean, um, Batman's carbon fiber armor plating. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Light titanium. <laughs> I mean, the bat suit... <laughs> I honestly feel it was probably, I, it definitely wasn't like the coolest thing about the movie. His bat tech was really cool, but I never cared for that bat suit. I always felt like the ears were put up too high on the head and like it cut off too much of his face. They had a weird forward point. Yeah, they did. But suit could, itself looked cool, but the cowl and mask I wasn't a fan But he of. could turn his head. He could turn his head, which was a, <laughs> a first. He didn't have to wear that weird fruit roll up. Mask and cowl that. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, that just peels off. Well, that's like uh, in the movie. Like I like the one thing I did like is they actually he he brings up like needing a new suit. Like oh, I'm carrying too much weight; it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. They actually use like legitimate reasons why they decided to get a different suit for the movie. And he's like, oh, so I can you know turn my head. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, that does make sense. It does. The ability to turn your head can be important when you're fighting like 
six guys at once. Yeah. <laughs> I also never was a huge fan of how, like you were talking about the cowl, like how it is more circular yeah, around the really, mouth. Yeah, really. I mean, it makes sense because it cuts off more of your face, so it makes you harder to identify, but... I, I I guess it's just a personal taste, like an aesthetics thing. It is. I didn't. I, didn't... I love the cape. Yeah, the cape was great. Oh, so awesome! The tumbler was super fucking cool, and most of his gadgets were really cool. It's just I don't know. What about the um? What was the motorcycle called? The, the bat, bat pod. pod. The bat pod. <laughs> How that fucking just ejected! <laughs> yeah. from the... Oh my god, that was so sweet. That entire scene, and I don't know if that scene was done with uh, a nod to Jack Nicholson in mind the whole time, where he's sitting there going, "Come on, do it, do it, do it, do it." Do it, do it. <laughs> I would, but a very Burton-esque feeling. It did. You know, the whole uh, super cool tech and vehicles were all... It definitely threw back vibes of the uh, previous two Batman... Or the first two Batman movies. Yeah. Not so much the Joel Schumacher movies. Have you guys heard the Anne theory? Oh, God, here we go. The big thing with the Dark Knight movie with Joker is is you don't know where he, came, where he comes from. Mm-hmm. He's just there, which I think is one of the coolest things for any villain. Yeah. No origin story. No motivation, just there. But there's a fan theory that he is a former like special ops agent or was some form of military. That's why he's so good at all this planning. And so there's also a theory that he worked in some kind of field of like the psychiatrics of it because he's able to get under people's skin. Mm-hmm. Like he does after the interrogation scene where he's like, how many of your friends did I kill? <laughs> and he's like, and like the entire time he's sitting there and the guy's talking about how like oh you know i know punks like you and he's just sitting there like "Mm -hmm, yeah (laughs) i've heard this before i don't know i don't put i don't try to put much stock in that because i feel like if you try to understand it it becomes less impressive yeah it it takes away a lot from the character i don't know if they ever intended him with an origin story in mind i guess we probably never will know yeah, let's Christopher Nolan has it like written down on like a secret piece of paper, like Joker's <laughs> origin, and only he knows where it comes from. You just see Nolan at home. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Oh God, they found out. <laughs> we gotta hide it. <laughs> they did do one interesting thing with this movie. They recast the Rachel Dawes character yes, from Katie Holmes, Maggie Gyllenhaal, to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Oh, I'm not a big fan of. Which one? Either? Well, yeah, I guess either. <laughs> I guess I like Kitty Holmes. I like Kitty Holmes more than Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, I don't know, it just seemed like... Well, I mean, literally the character was a damsel in distress and used as a plot device. Mm-hmm. It was very little... It had impact, but her, she wasn't really a character. She was a plot device, in my opinion. And, you know, just like, eh, it's something to progress the story. Especially in that movie. Yeah, and plus I'm not a big Maggie Gyllenhaal fan in general, so I was just like, eh, whatever. I was pretty happy when she blew up, let me tell you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was shocked when they did that. I was you, too. I was pleasantly you, surprised. You what? You what? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <You> what? <laughs> Hello? I was I was yeah, I was genuinely shocked because uh they hadn't done that before in a movie. No. In a, in a superhero movie like that. They haven't I don't think they had killed the Danzel. No. They yeah. Ah, oh, Batman fucked up. <laughs> Joker sure pulled the wool over his eyes. He did. He uh, gave him the old switcheroo. <laughs> that old Joker. Love that Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking about it in a negative light, but in the same time, it was cool and very shocking at the time. Yeah. 
I was very happy when it happened. <laughs> he like jumped out of his seat. <laughs> I don't know if you were with us, Jeff, or not, because I know when we went to the midnight show the next day, we all made the trek out to uh, the Henry Ford IMAX mm-hmm. when they still had an IMAX there. But we went and saw it that, uh, there, and that was holy shit. Yeah, that, that was cool. That was immersive. That was just and to see it again the second time. Like that was what I think I saw that movie. Nine times in the theater? Nine times. Nine <laughs> times. <laughs> I had to have seen it at least five. I, I think I was a couple behind Mike. I saw, I, it, saw it plenty of times. I don't think I've seen a movie more since then, mostly because I don't get movies for free anymore. <laughs> yeah. That has a huge thing to do with it. I did see a, the first Avengers. I think I saw that like four times. Yeah. I saw Sin City 17 times. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> Are you Shut serious? the fuck up. Yeah. Really? Wow. I, I enjoyed that film. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I saw it with all my friends, and then, like, after a shift, I'd be like, oh, there's a Sin City showing. I guess we'll just watch it before I go home. And then I'd watch Sin City, and I'm like, I don't know. I was, it was a phase, I guess. <laughs> it's... Wow! Like me and Tony just keep looking at each other. We are in awe. How many hours of your life is that? Let's see, seventeen <laughs> times two. That's like thirty-four. No, thirty-six. Wow! No, you 34. watched. You've watched Sin City for a day yeah, and a half. I, I, yeah, I, I spent a work week watching uh, Sin City. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good movie. It blows me away. <laughs> it, it, because, like, Jeff is, the, like, the last person I would think would spend that many hours in a theater, free or not. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> the movie was very impactful for me. It was it's just true. So... He started jumping in front of cars trying to dropkick them. <laughs> <laughs> Only started worked once. Taking pill bottles and yeah. dumping it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take your medicine. <laughs> The only other one I think comes close, I watched Freddy vs. Jason s- <laughs> six times. <laughs> well, that's quite the group there. Yeah, that's quite. The- <laughs> uh, I did. Wa- I think I watched Transformers like five times, the first one. The first one? I can't believe I watched that movie so many fucking times. What a bad movie. Oh, well. <laughs> but you make choices. Yeah. It's, don't ask me. I don't. I'm, I'm just here for the ride, I guess. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't like set out to watch a movie 17 times. <laughs> greater, it just happened. <laughs> it was an accident. The greater power is pulling yep. my strings. <laughs> Nobody intends to see a movie 17 That's times. True. Good Lord. That's not a short movie either. No. It's a good movie, though. And here I thought, like, I was like, you know, Mr. <laughs> Batman super fancy and that nine times. And Jesus, <laughs> criminy, man. It was free. I could just grab popcorn and watch it. It's true. All the free popcorn we could eat. Yeah, and a, and a slushy. What do you think? What movie did you see the most in the theater, Tony? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I've seen a lot of movies multiple times, so it's. Yeah. I would say probably, like, Dark Knight was definitely high up on there. Avengers, uh, definitely high up on there. I took multiple people to see Step Up 2. <laughs> <laughs> We're just full of surprises today. <laughs> I actually really enjoy Step Up too. Um, I, I haven't seen any of them. I, I hear I the choreography is good. Yeah. I've FYI, seen... Sin City is 124 minutes. Okay. I, yeah. So that's a good. Uh, 
I've seen Watchmen. Two hour power show. Yeah. yeah I, seen, I watched I watched that, that like four times. I think I, I think I beat you. I think I watched it like six times. Hell yeah. That's a long movie, too. Yeah, it is. but it was so good. It is. I, I feel like that movie gets a lot of crap. Oh, I agree. That trailer was on the Dark Knight movie, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the most comic Do accurate. Do you remember the teaser trailer for the Dark Knight? It was on the the reel for Super Bad. Yes, I do. And it was just the the symbol breaking away with the yeah. couple of uh, with the with the was, dialogue. Yeah, that was the greatest teaser trailer I think to date. Like that was that was a fantastic teaser trailer. Hell yeah! Because it just got you juiced and <laughs> left you with nothing at all. Yeah, I remember watching that trailer repeatedly, once a day minimum, because that was the first time that we'd ever even heard Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The very first time. And they fed us so little. They kept such a tight ship. Like, they did. Them were the days, man. Them were the days. Yeah, you can't really do that anymore. No, it's now you have, leaks, to, you have yeah. to release every clip. And Ugh, they revealed a whole fucking movie in the trailers, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's dildos. <laughs> dildos? Totally dildos. That's dildo. <laughs> dildo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys think the movie is cursed? The Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. Nah. Why would it be cursed? Well, it killed Heath Ledger, and it made Batman talk funny. <laughs> a lot of people say the movie was cursed, or at least the role was cursed. Oh, the I, I've heard the whole Joker role is cursed. Mm-hmm. I've heard that whole deal. I'm not sure there why. The, the only thing it was... Jared Leto's career got killed, so... <laughs> there was he still whole, gets work, I mean. <laughs> there was the whole thing with... Uh, Jack Nicholson, where they're like, hey, what do you think about Heath Ledger? You know, he passed away. He's like, well, I warned him. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that caused a, a huge thing. It did. It that, did. That lit the fire. <laughs> it really did. Nicholson admitted it. <laughs> the role could drive you mad. Hamill's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Some could argue that it's a cartoon version and not truly <laughs> as insane. <laughs> Cesar Romero died, so that's but didn't proof. he die of like old age? Yes, <laughs> but he might not have if he hadn't played the Joker. <laughs> he might have lived for eternity. Yes. <laughs> so it really shows, so you know what a curse can do. Real quick, I I can't believe we didn't even talk about like in the movie, like the first actual scene with the Joker. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not talking not including the the bank heist. I'm talking when the mob's sitting around. The, oh, table, the, pencil trick. the pencil trick. Yes. And like, oh my gosh, I just remember still him walking in and when he does that pencil trick, like just the <laughs> theater just being like, oh, <laughs> and like, like it was an is, actual magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is they were really trying to make the Joker not likable, but it, yeah, but it, it was despite the atrocities he was. He was still, it was just Funny, so fucking entertaining. Which is something that people have trouble doing with uh, the Joker, like in comics and mm-hmm. whatnot, like making him menacing, but at the same time amusing. Like normally they either go for the super crazy psychopath Joker that isn't funny. A really unsettling Joker. Yeah. That cuts his own face off. Ooh, or, uh, <laughs> or they go for the pure comedic Joker that happens to commit crimes, like the merry prankster type Joker. It's really hard to find someone that's. A depiction that's unsettling, but at the same time comedic, and not feel like it's trying too hard. And Heath Ledger accomplished it very well. Which With is, the, you want to know how I got these scars? Mm-hmm. Changing that story. So you you'll remember this that there was multiple employee showings before the midnight showing. Yes, and 
I don't remember if you were in one. No. Okay. There was some reason I had to go into one of the employee showings, or maybe I was on break or something, and I walked in to maybe, I want to say it's the first time he tells the story, to gamble. I love that scene. And Mm. he starts telling the story, and I'm pretty sure everybody heard me because I just turned around and was just like, <laughs> and covered my ears and ran out. I was like, no, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I love that scene with Gamble. And there's a reason why, and I don't, it's it's gonna sound a little artsy fartsy of me. <laughs> but there's something with the lighting in that scene mm-hmm. where you can almost see through the makeup mm-hmm. and you can almost see like the actual face, and it just makes mm-hmm. it that much more unsettling. And then once he's done telling the story, it's almost like okay, now he's back to being Joker. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I don't know, there's just something very weird with the lighting in that scene, I've always thought. Go back and watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. I Nolan, promise. <laughs> Nolan knows what he's doing. He's very intricate with the way he makes a film. Nothing is done on accident. Yes. Everything, I think, is a, is a a has a purpose and reason. It was quite the combo to have someone who makes such a structured and stylized film to where they gave so much free reign for the actors to explore and make the roles their own at the same time. And, you know, the we're looking at this 10 years later, like, there's a lot of people that detract these movies that don't like them because they have that uh, whole thing of, like, more real-world setting. You know, not, it's not above doing something kind of comic booky, but for the most part, everything kind of stayed pretty... Yeah, I mean, nothing... Grounded. Nothing strictly superhuman was in it. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that was very symbolic and didn't necessarily make perfect sense from a strict perspective like a you know a real life perspective but most of that wasn't because it was a comic book it was because the films were really big in symbolism mm-hmm. especially like this one and then especially uh the third film yeah like he's literally climbing out of a dark pit to escape <laughs> you know his uh depression and having his back broken and such no one had ever really gotten swept up in a superhero movie like that for a long time and i mentioned it with Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Infinity War is pretty close, but like the Dark Knight, like that summer, like that felt like an event. Yeah. It like, was it that was really movie made so much fucking money. Oh, yeah. That nobody, nobody expected it to bank what it did. Yeah. Nobody. It was so well done from top, from the marketing to the execution to, you know, the fact that they kept such. They never revealed anything about the film, and it's it worked perfectly. You don't have to spoil seventy five percent of the fucking movie in order in to trailers. Have, yeah, you don't need to do that. You can just have a couple teasers. If anything, it's better because you don't want to have things spoiled. I mean, when people advertise for films these days, there's no artistry. They don't care about the product. They just care about getting you to sit in and watch the movie. It doesn't matter to them whether or not you have most of the movie spoiled for you or not. And I just. It sucks that, you know, that it doesn't matter because it's such a juggernaut. I'm like, well, fuck it. You know, it's got to get as much people's attention as possible. Mm-hmm. You can put more effort and go a different route about an ad campaign. And this was a perfect example of how you could do that. Well said, Jeff. Even if the movie is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> How's about you, Tony? Any more fond memories? Is that what you want to know? Yeah, fond memories. Or what's your overall thoughts on... Looking back on that movie 10 years ago um, to now, does it still hold up in your heart? Yeah, 100%. It's still, like a, like you said, it's, it's still one of those things I sit down and I watch, and especially having the surround sound 
on, it's it's just like mind boggling. It's it's still one of those ones that that I sit there and attentively watch it the whole time. As for memories, what is really weird about that is like you said, it, that summer was like a big event, like it was a big deal. Um, but also that same summer was when I got in trouble with the law. Tony fought the law <laughs> and the law, and the law won. won. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's, it, it's a weird polarizing summer for me. It, it, like I think about that and then I think about the other thing and it's just like, wow, that was like literally a month apart. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That's crazy. And there, there were other things that happened. In life after <laughs> yeah. this, that it's like you look back and you're like, holy shit, like how how are so many of us still alive? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that it happened a, a month apart from one of the probably the, the lowest of the low of my life. And that movie definitely uh outshines the darkest part. Hell yeah. And so like that's kind of like this monumental thing with that movie for me is like it it connected something much more personal than just a movie. Looking back on it, it's kind of almost a reflection of the the whole time and the whole era that was that summer and that year and following. It's I don't know. It's it, the movie itself has created a symbolism for my life. If wow. that makes sense. Well put. So yeah, I can't follow that up. Hell no. <laughs> I think that'll do it for this week's <laughs> show. Um, be sure to check us out on the Pod Bros Podcasting Network. You can also find us on. Wherever podcasts are <laughs> listened to. He said, fuck that list. Yeah, because it's literally everything. There's, iTunes, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all of it. Everything. Just do it up, kids. Everything. We also have a YouTube channel featuring some trailer reactions and uh, some little tidbits from our week's shows. If you want to kind of give somebody a taste, you give them a taste like a, little, a dealer. A little hot taste. Yeah, like, here's a taste. Try it out. See if you like it. First one's always free. The rest of it's free, too. So... <laughs> You can really get them hooked. <laughs> Unless you feel generous, then you can go over to our Patreon, and for as little as a buck, you can help us pay our, our bills. Hell yeah. The $5 tier, you get a secret track, one per month. It could be a Kapowcast commentary, or something non-released, or a gag reel, or, or our anti-technology manifesto. <laughs> anti-technology manifesto, and I also want to take this time to uh, thank our Patreon, Chanel Kozlowski, and Angel Doty for two consecutive months supporting our show. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Around yeah. and no one's going to ever keep you down. <laughs> <laughs> now the rest of you losers can go and join that group of cool people. Yeah. Cream of the crop. Rise to the top. <laughs> Until um, next time. <laughs> I am Mike. I'm Tony. And I am Jeff. And that was Kapowcast. Cast. <laughs>